We're learning Daf. Hey, uh, we're going to be starting right from the very bottom of Dalit on the base. The last two words might be nai. And just to understand what we're talking about again, so we have a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina. We're talking about the Miluim. And at the Miluim, uh, there are two times the Torah talks about the Miluim, Parsha Tetzave and Parsha Tzav. The instructions are in Tetzave and then they are carried out, executed in Parsha Tzav. And the question is, what if something went wrong? If something went wrong, not as whatever reason, Moshe Aaron wouldn't have listened perfectly to the instructions. Would it have passed the entire Miluim? And to passle the whole Miluim means like the whole, the whole thing is not effective. You got to start again and do the whole process of inauguration differently. Is there such a concept that what the instructions are ma'akev or no, the instructions are not ma'akev. So the Gemara says that surely whatever is ma'akev ladoros was ma'akev miluim, meaning any type of avoda which in the future, when general avoda is being done in regular routine of the base of Mikdash is ma'akev, certainly those types of things were ma'akev by the miluim. So let's just give like a basic example of that. Let's say the blood wouldn't have been applied properly on the mizbech. They wouldn't have thrown the blood properly. So clearly that's something which is ma'akev ladoros. That's generally ma'akev. So then that would have withheld the kashras of the miluim as well, it would not have been good. That point is obvious. What Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi are arguing about is what about things which are generally not ma'akev? And we're going to see a few of those examples today about types of things that are not ma'akev. We'll just give a sneak example. Smicha. Smicha on a carbon is usually not ma'akev. So the question is, do we say that in the miluim as well it's not ma'akev? And if, let's say, a smicha on a carbon in the miluim would have been gone wrong, that miluim still would have been kasher the eved? Or do we say, perhaps, that there are very rigid, strict instructions which were given for the miluim, and if it's not done exactly according to the way that our Kaddish Baruch Hu said it, then the miluim would not be good at all. So it was a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina. And the Gemara is assuming, the Gemara proved, that uh, Rabbi Yochanan holds that everything is ma'akev, because one of the things that Rabbi Yochanan was saying is that we learned from the Miluim to Yom Kippur, the din of Prisha, that the Kohen Gadol has to be quarantined before Yom Kippur. And Rish Lakish asked the Kasha on him. He said, if it's Ma'akib by Yom Kippur, the Prisha is Ma'akib by Yom Kippur, so why is it not Ma'akib by Yom Kippur? So, so, so if it's Ma'akib by the Miluim, why is it not Ma'akib by Yom Kippur? So why didn't Rabbi Yochanan answer, who told you it's Ma'akib by the Miluim? Maybe it's not Ma'akib by the Miluim. Must be. That's clear that the Prisha for, for, for the Kohen Gadol of Aaron Ubanov before before Vayibay Mashmini by the Miluim was Ma'akev. So we see an example of even something which is not Ma'akev Ladoros is Ma'akev by the Miluim. That's Rabbi Yochanan's opinion. So basically, we know Rabbi Yochanan holds everything is Ma'akev by the Miluim. Rabbi Chanino holds only the things which are Ma'akev Ladoros are Ma'akev by Yom Kippur. So now the Gemara wants to know bottom two words. My Binai, what practical difference is there between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanino? Meaning, give me examples of something which are not Ma'akev Ladoros, which generally in the Avodah are not Ma'akev, and we're going to have a Machlokas. If they're ma'akib by the miluim. So the first of the examples of Marv Yosef, smicha ibn ikubinai, the nafkamina is the smicha. Smicha is right before the shkita of the karban. The bailam leans his hands on the head of the animal. And while he's doing that, he usually says something. Uh, either there's a sense of vidu, a confession, a halal, a divrei whatever exactly is said with the smicha. So they're going to be arguing about whether smicha by the miluim, uh, is ma'akib if you don't do it. According to the one, Rabbi Yechanan, that everything is ma'akib, even things which aren't generally ma'akib, are ma'akib by miluim, smicha ma'akva. So smicha is absolutely ma'akib. If you don't do it by the miluim, it's no good. But according to the one, according to Rabbi Chanina, that something which is not ma'akib in the, in the future, generally is not ma'akib by the miluim, so smicha lo ma'akva, so smicha would not be ma'akib by the miluim as well. So now the Gemara is very, just gives us a little background. Ludoris midalun zulom akva. The premise of that nafkamina is that smicha is not ma'akiv in a regular carbon. Meaning, imagine a regular person, he sins, he's bringing a chatos, and he brings the carbon to the base of Mekdash, and he fails to do smicha. He doesn't do smicha, he just brings the carbon. How do we know 
if it's the Eved without smicha, the carbon is good. The Tanya, because it says in a price. Besamach and then Venirza. The language in the Pasuk, because you see it on the side of the Gemara. Besamach Yadu Arosha Ola. So it's actually by the Pasuk of the Ola. The first Pasuk in the Parshish Vayikra. The Bailam does smicha on the head of the Ola. Venirza lo lechaper Ola. The Mashmoah is, is that through the smicha, there's some sense of kapar. It's a direct thing. The samach and then veneer to the lachaper alaf. So that's very shvarizing. The chismicha lachaperes is there atonement that comes through smicha below in kapara lebadam. That's a fundamental thing with avodos that 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 the kapara is achieved only with dam. Shenemar ki adam uba nefesh lachaper. When the Torah writes the azhara, the isra of eating of eating blood, it says that part of the reason is ki adam uba nefesh lachaper. So in that pasuk we see that the, the kapara comes through putting the blood on the mizbech. So if that's true, we have a contradiction. On the one hand, Hashem is telling me that it's all about the blood. The blood is the way the kapara is achieved, but by smicha it's saying, v'samach, and then v'nirtz lo l'chapar alaf. So what's going on? So how could the pasuk say that there's a hard saw, there's a kapara that's created through smicha? So the question is very clear. The answer that we give is very difficult, uh, particularly to understand in the laws of Joshua's but this, let's try to read it at face value. Shem also the smicha shiari mitzvah. Let's say somebody doesn't treat the, the mitzvah of smicha with enough respect. He treats it like shirayim of a mitzvah, meaning like the extras of a mitzvah. He assumes it's like extra credit. So he doesn't do it. And also the shiari mitzvah means like by him, it's extra credit and he, he fails to do smicha at all. Let's say somebody would do that. The Torah is considering it as if he has not done the best type of kapara, but Lamai said there will still be kapara. So what does that mean? We're saying that if you don't do smicha, it's not the shot you're missing extra credit. Really, you're, you're, you are missing an extra kapara. Rashi explains, kilu lo kiper, second line of Rashi, min hamuvchar. You're missing a, a special, most ideal way of achieving kapara. But Lamaisa, there will be the base kapara as long as you throw the blood. So what it sounds like Rashi is explaining to us in the drasha is that there's kapara, and then there's kapara in the best way. The kapara, the base kapara, always comes with the dam. The, be, the bay to have kapara, minha movchar, is only if I do smicha as well. So after all is said and done, how did we really answer the question? It says you do smicha, what do you mean? What is the Torah saying that there's kapara with the smicha? What's really the answer? It sounds like from Rashi, at the end of the day, the answer is, is that that's the kapara minha movchar. So... It's not akasha. You could have a basic kapara if you do, if you do the, the, the throwing of the blood. But in order to get the kapara in the best way, there should be as well uh, smicha. So at any rate, from that whole drasha, we see that smicha is not ma'akiv. It says in the bride, so black and white, something to do with that. That it says that there's a kapara that comes with the smicha, which is, which is like a kapara minha That must be what the Torah is telling us. So we see it's only in the, in the, in the state of minha Okay, so that would be a machlok. So Bilchan Ramchanina would smicha ma'akiv by the milu, if it's not ma'akiv, ladaris. Says the Gemara, another possible interpretation. Again, we're looking for interpretations of nafkeminas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina's dispute if everything is ma'akib ba'na miluim or only things which are generally ma'akib l'doros. So Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Yitzchak Amar, tenufa ikmina, the nafkemina is waving. There are a couple of karbanos, some karbanos have a waving. So for example, ishlamim, the chaz of ashok that you give to the kain are waved. You also have tenufa by the, uh, the karbana omer. And we're talking about Sfirsa omer, you always do you always do tenufa. So the question is, is, is the waving, is the waving ma'akev by the Bible? According to the one who says everything is ma'akev, ma'akev, according to Rabbi Yochanan, even the waving is ma'akev by the miluim. The miluim had a carbon shlavim. So if you didn't wave by the miluim, it would be ma'akev. According to the one who says that what's ma'akev by miluim is only things which are ma'akev, generally the doros, then lo ma'akev, then the waving 
is not ma'akev by the miluim. So the premise of that is that generally ladoros, the waving is not ma'akev. So ladoros minola delo ma'akev. How do we know that the waving is in general is not ma'akev? It's just a mitzvah, but it's not ma'akev. The Tanya, virtually the same exact type of drasha that we just saw, the Tanya says in the Brisa, litinufa lichaper. So the pasuk in context here is actually this week's parsha by the mitzora. If you look at the side of Gemara, Gimel, she's poor, so he still has to bring a lamb in Asham Litinufa. So it sounds like there's a Gavisa Kapara, that there's a atonement that's being achieved with the wavy. So they have the same question. And we know that it's all, always coming through the blood. So how could the Torah give us the wrong impression, so to speak, that the Tanufa is achieving Kapara? Must be, it's teaching us the same point. Also, Tanufa the Shara Mitzvah Psalm, but he didn't respect the Tanufa as really bringing kapara b'chlau, he just thought, eh, it's extra credit. The Torah considers it as if Lamaisa he's not getting kapara, but in reality, he does have kapara, meaning he's not getting kapara min but he still has the base kapara with the dam. So again, it sounds like the, the kapara in the most ideal way is only with tenufa, but without it, Lamaisa there would still be a basic kapara. So we see that it's not ma'akiv, it's like a, a min type of kapara that's achieved with uh, tenufa. Just a theory, I don't know if this is uh, 100% correct, but all of these avodas that we're talking about, both smicha and, uh, and the tenufa, are, 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 not, are not working with the dam. I wonder if that's kind of what's taking place here. In other words, until in, in the avodas which are ma'akib, which, which, which are the shlita kabbalah, holacha, and zrika, are avodas hadam, and all these other things which we're talking about, which is really essentially is what the point of the Gemara is, just as being said a little bit sharper, are avodas that aren't being performed on the dam. It's not on the dam. The tenufa is on parts of the shiraim, nothing to do with the dam. And uh, other things which are not ma'akeh, for example, haktaras imurim, which the Rishonim struggled, the Gemara could have said that as well, Tosu says. That's another example. Things are not ma'akeh. The Tevar ma'akeh in the Karavan is the avodas that are done on the dam. That's pretty much the point that the Gemara is making. Says the Gemara now a third nafkamina. Rapapa Amar. Prisha shiva ikaminayu. The nafkamina could be if the coin the coin were not set aside for seven days. They weren't quarantined. According to the ones who said that every single thing it said by the mulu is ma'akev. Regardless of whether or not it's ma'akev lodoros. So then that's ma'akev. If the coin gadol wouldn't be parished for seven days before the miluim, it would be ma'akev. That's Rabbi Yochanan. And that was Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish's premise, right? That it was Ma'akib ben the Miluim. That was the Shach of Atar back on Duff Gimel. But the Mandamar, Dabrash, Einam Ma'akib, Ladoros, Einam Ma'akib, according to the one Rabbi Khanina, that, that the things that are Ma'akib for the future are not Ma'akib by the Miluim, lo Ma'akib. Then the quarantining before the Miluim would not be Ma'akib. Uladoros, Minolan, Dolom Ma'akib. And again, why are we assuming that Ladoros, Prisha is not Ma'akib? Maybe let's say if you weren't, if you weren't, if you didn't separate the Kohen Gadol seven days before Yom Kippur, it's Ma'akev. We had a proof from our Mishnah. Remember, what did our Mishnah say? That we need to have a backup Kohen Gadol. We say that just in case something will go wrong to the Kohen Gadol, maybe he'll get a mum, maybe he'll become Tamei, so we make a backup. But it didn't say that we make him, we make him separate. We didn't actually put that guy into Lichkas Farhedron as well. All we did is that we, we appointed a backup. Why? must be that the Eved... After the fact, if a prisha was not done, it wouldn't be ma'akiv the avoda. So what's interesting about this answer is that we don't have any, any textual source. We don't have anything from the psukim. We just have a proof from our Mishnah. Meaning we see that the tan of our Mishnah holds that prisha is not ma'akiv. And, uh, and, 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 and now Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Hanina would argue whether prisha is ma'akiv in the, by the miluim. But the question kind of is to think about how did the tan of our Mishnah know that it's not ma'akiv? Which 
in a, in, in a certain sense, is what Rish Lakish is asking Rabbi Yochanan's opinion. If the Makar of Prisha is from the Miluim, by the Miluim, we're assuming it's Ma'akev, according to Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. So what's Ta'akab Shad? How do we know it's not Ma'akev Ludaris? It's an interesting question. Again, perhaps the possibility is that it's a Svar. It's a Svar that is not Ma'akev. We're bringing the proof from the Mishnah, but the Svar that is not Ma'akev is that, again, Avodos that aren't working with the Dam, Avodos that aren't working with the Dam, unless there's a specific evidence from a Pasuk, then we're going to assume it's not Ma'akev. But we'll see further about that. So that was the third Nafkamina. We have so far three Nafkaminas of the Machlokim, Rabbi Yochum, Rabbi Chanina, about what's Ma'akev by the Miluim. Smicha, Tnufan, Prisha. Those are things which are generally not Ma'akev. We want to know if they're Ma'akev by the Miluim. Now the Gemara gives us a fourth possibility. Ravina Amar. Ravina says a fourth possibility of the Machlokas, Rabbi Yochum, Rabbi Chanina, half the way down on Heya Medal. Says Ravina. Ravina Amar, Rebo Shiva, Mishicha Shiva, Yikivina. The Nafkamina is if the Kohanim, the Kohanim, Kohen Gadol specifically, in order for him to serve, does he have to be like dressed in the special big dekuna for eight for seven days previous to his avoda? And does he have to be smeared with the oil for seven days for seven days before the avoda? In the times in the Miluim, the Torah required that. That's definitely in the it's definitely in the instructions. One of the things it always says in the Pasuk, it says that Shivas Yamim Yamalias Yedchem, the Pasuk says. What does it mean, Yamalias Yedchem? What does it mean, Miluyadaim? Like load up your hands. What does it mean to fill your hands? So it's a reference to the Big Day Kuna, because the Big Day Kuna, it says in the Psukim, the Big Day Akodesh, are Lamal Bahamas Yadam. So we learn from there, Lamal Bahamas Yadam is always a reference to the Big Day Kuna. So during the seven days of the Miluim, Moshe, and we're going to learn about how it was done, Moshe Mamas dressed Aaron. That was part of the way that it was done. For each of the seven days, he put the special Big Day Kuna on Aaron. Now, Aaron wasn't actually doing an avoda. Remember that. Moshe was doing all the avoda during the Milu. But there was a process of Moshe putting on the begotten, the special Big Day Kuna on Aaron, and he was also smeared with the Shem and Hamishra. So the question is, is that Ma'akev that if it wouldn't have been done, Aaron wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to become Kohen Gadol to do the avoda on the eighth day? So Lamanda Amar, the Gemara now speaks out how it goes. Lamanda Amar, according to the one, Rabbi Yochanan, that everything that it says is Ma'akev Ma'akva, that would be absolutely vital that it gets done. And if it wouldn't have been done that way, if we would have missed the day in putting on the begadim or putting on the oil, Aaron wouldn't have been able to serve Ahi Bayom HaShmini. But Lamanda Amar, according to the one who holds, that it's not Ma'akev Ludoris. It's not Ma'akev by the Milum as well. Lo Ma'akva. It would not be Ma'akev. As long as, as long as Aaron Lemaisa was ready to go on the eighth day, even if he hadn't been clothed by Moshe and smeared with the oil by Moshe for the previous seven days, it would still be okay for Aaron to serve. So uh, what's the premise of this? The premise is that Ladoros, a Kohen Godel, can serve even without having a week that he was, uh, he was, he was, he was being clothed with the big day kuna and smeared with the shaman before. Ladoros min al So how do we know that? How do we know that Ladoros, it's not Ma'akev having the special Reboi begadim and shemen for the seven days before. Titania says in a price, the chiper a kohen, the kohen will bring kapara. Where's this pasuk? This pasuk is by Yom Kippur. It says that who, the kohen will give kapara on Yom Kippur. Who is the kohen? Asher yimshach oisai, the one that has been smeared with the oil. Asher yimaleis yado, and the one that has had miliyadaim. Again, that term is a reference to big day kuna. Lachayin tachas aviv to make a be a kohen in, in place of his father. So wait a second. Why is the Torah emphasizing? What is the Torah emphasizing that the kohen that was yimshach oisai malis yado? Bring kapara. The Torah has already emphasized in Parshas Achrimos that it's the Kohen Gadol who does the Avoda. Why is the Torah emphasized again that you know who does the kapara? The Kohen that was Yimshach and Malay Asiyata. Of course, we know we know the Kohen Gadol. The Torah said so many times in Parshas Achrimos that it's only Aaron a Kohen. So, Ma Tamid Lomar. The answer is, because we say when we're making a new Kohen Gadol, 
by the Miluim, that we have to have a seven day period where he's being clothed in the big day kuna, in the big day Kohen Gadol. So I would say that someone can only become a Kohen Gadol to serve if he had that process done. But what if, let's say, he only had the begotten? Let's say he had the begotten for seven days, but the oil was only one day, or vice versa. Maybe. He only had the begotten for one day, but he, but, but he was smeared for seven days. Minayin, how do I know that that's okay? That it's okay with only one of them? I see that Lamaisa, however, however it's going to work, it implies that Lamaisa, as long as you wore, it was even if you didn't do it for a full seven days. Now, what's interesting about the Lashon HaGemara here, the Lashon HaGemara is it's mashma that you need one of the two. You need, it may not be true that you need to be have a reboy begotten for seven days and Shemina Mishka for seven days, but how do I know it's okay if I have either Shemina Mishka for seven days and Big Day Kuna for one day, or Big Day Kuna for seven days and Shemina Mishka for one day? How do I know it's good? Because the extra phrase, Lamaisa was Yimshach Yadav. But the real truth is that the Gemara is saying even a little bit more. You don't need either one to be seven days. As long as you have just one day from them, it's really okay. And the Lashon HaGemar is a bit imprecise. It's hard to understand why the Gemar words it that way. So Lamaisa, if even if the Kohen Gadol did not have seven-day preparation from either, it's just the day that he wants to do it. We put the big day kuna on him and we say, go serve, he could do it. Another very important point is that it's mashma and the Gemara. It might, might not have to be seven days, but you at least need the Shemana Mishcha and the Begadah. The Gemara elsewhere points out that that's not true. That the Shemen HaMishcha is not enough. You definitely need the Reboi Begadim. A Kohen Gadol cannot do that Vodah. cannot be given Yisman Elias Kohen Gadol without the Big Day Kuna. And the Shemen HaMishcha is not Ma'akiv. Yoshi HaMelech hid, hid the Shemen HaMishcha and, we, and we're okay. For the whole second base of Mikdash, we don't have the Shemen HaMishcha. It's really all about the Reboi Begadim. Lamaisa, to become a Kohen Gadol, all that's really necessary is the extra garments. Again, a very difficult Lashon HaGemara. It sounds like from the Gemara, the only thing that's Ma'akiv is, that what's Ma'akiv is having Having both of them, the reality is that it's only putting on the big day kuna on the day that he wants to do it. That's all that's really, that's really necessary. So, okay, fine. But the Gemara says, after we accept that, we see that at least you should have riboy shiva because the Pasuk says black and white in Parshas, um, in that it says that for seven days he's supposed to wear the, the extra, extra begadim. But how do we know that there's a lechatchila for him to be nimshach? It didn't say specifically that during the miluim, um, and we know by the miluim that there's a requirement for seven days. How do we know that for the future there's a lechatchila to be nimshach for seven days? So the Gemara says, from the fact that the Torah went out of its way to exclude it, right? And that Torah wrote in, in Akremos, we're saying, even if it wasn't for seven days, even if it was just asher yimshach, so that's good. So if in fact that the Torah had to exclude it, you see that it is a chatchila. The Vaisim at Amar Krov, Vidya Kodeshala Aaron, you Lufanov Akra of Lemoshkaban Lamis Yadam. In the Pasik that talks about Big Dekuna, it says that the Bikadim are going to be for Aaron, that he'll be anointed when he wears them, and they'll fill his hands. So Iskash Meshika the Reboy, there's a hekish that's made between Meshika and adding the Bigadim. Ma Reboy Shiva, just as Lakhathila. There's the additional all the eight Bigadim, putting them on it should Lakhathila be for seven days before. Af Meshika Shiva, so to the smearing of the oil, should Lakhathila be for the seven days before. So Bottom line, after all is said and done, what was this last fourth nafkamina? Lechatchilo, there's a din before a coin gadol is appointed. There should be two things that are done to him for seven days before. He should be, he should wear the seven, the 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 eight for the seven days before, and in addition, he should be smeared with oil for the seven days before. That's a lechatchilo. 
It's not Ma'akiv Ladoros. We have a source from Parshish Achrimos that that's not Ma'akiv. The only thing that's Ma'akiv is that the day that he goes to be become a Kohen Gadol, we anoint him by putting on the special begad. By the Miluim, was it also not Ma'akiv? That's a machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina. According to Rabbi Chanina, yeah, it's not ma'akiv ladaros, it's not ma'akiv by the miluim. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it's not true. Whatever it's said by the miluim is ma'akiv, even if it's things which are generally not ma'akiv. So that's the end of the, uh, the, the analysis of the four nafkaminas between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina. So now that we understand the four possible nafkaminas, the Gemara now wants to know the sources. My time of the mandamar called Kosma ma'akiv. Where is Rabbi Yochanan's source? Rabbi Yochanan said, whatever it says by the Miluim is Ma'akiv, even things which are Ma'akiv Ladoros. What's his source? So, Amar Bisla, Bar Bisla, Amar Kra, Vasisa, Aaron, Uvanov, Kacha. You should do for Aaron and his sons, Kacha. Kacha means exactly like this. Kacha Yikuvahu. It's a Lashim, which is Mashma of Ikov. So, the Gemara says, Tena. This is turned to the top on the base. Kol milsa dexiva b'hayin yana. Whatever is written over there. What's written over there? So that pasuk is in Parshas Titzavah. Again, the instructions are in Titzavah. The execution is in Sav. So anything that's written in the instructions where Hashem is telling them. So it says kacha. I understand. That's the source that it's ma'aki. Milsa deloksiva b'hayin yana. But something which was not in the instructions of Titzavah. But I find executed in Sav. Minallah. And how do I know that that's also ma'aki? So what's the Gemara referring to? What is something which is executed in Parshas, in Parshas Sav, but was not instructed in Parshas Tetzaveh? That the Gemara wants to know, how do I know it's Ma'akim? So Rashi says that it's referring to placing the Urim Vitumim in the Choshen. For some reason, and it's bizarre, I don't know why, in the instructions in Parshas Tetzaveh, it's not mentioned. Hashem doesn't say, you better make sure that the, the, you put the Urim Vitumim in the, in the Choshen. But in the Parshas Tetzaveh and Parshas Sav, when it's actually happening, it makes a point of saying that he placed the Urim Vitumim inside. So how do we know that that's Ma'akim? You can't tell me that it comes from the Pasuk of Kalch and Parshas Tetzavah because there's no instructions for that there. Now, the Achronim point out a big kash on Rashi. Why in the world did Rashi run to that very, you know, that very small fact about putting in the Urim Betumim and the Chochim? You know what Rashi could have said? The Prisha of Shiva. The Prisha of Shiva is something which only happens in Parshas Tetzav. It's not given as an instruction in Parshas Tetzav. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's Ma'akim. How do we know it's Ma'akim? It only said Kalch and Parshas Tetzav. I mean, it's very hard to know why Rashi ran to the Urim Betumim here. But uh, al and that's what Rashi wants to know. According to Rabbi Yochanan Bishlama, what's said in Tetzaveh with Kalcha is Ma'akiv. How do I know what's said in, 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 in actually when it's happening in Tzav is also Ma'akiv? So the Gemara answers, Aram Nachmar Yitzchak, Yolav Pesach, Pesach, Tzir Shavah. Tzir Shavah from the word Pesach, which is written there. It says in Tetzaveh, It says, bring the Pesach al-Moed. And it says, um, it definitely, in, in Parsha Sav, a few times about what was taking place by the Pesach. So we learned whatever it said there, it said here. Meaning, so it's as if Kacha is said uh, on everything that takes place in Parsha Sav as well. Says the Gemara, an alternative answer, how we know things are Ma'akit. It says, Rav Meshar Shomar, Ushmartem es Mishmeres Hashem. And this is a Pesach in Parsha Sav. So great, it's Bahamish by there. It says, you should protect whatever Hashem said. So what does that mean, protect whatever Hashem said? So that's saying, Ikuva. It's saying that whatever Hashem said is Ma'akiv and you have to fulfill the instructions perfectly. A third source. It says in Marav Ashiyamar, Kichin Suvesi. The Lashon is, for so I have said. And again, that, that, that's a Pasuk right there in Parsha Sav, Kichin Suvesi. So that's a Lashon, Kichin, just like this, Suvesi, I have said, should happen. Mashma Ikuva. Okay. So that's the end of Rabbi Yochanan's sources. Now the Gemara is going to digress on a tangent. We just quoted Kichin Suvesi as a Mashma Ikuva. So now the Gemara moves to Parsha Shmini. We're done for a second with the seven days of Milun. Now we're in the story in Parsha Shmini. So just to recap the story. Remember, Nadim and Aviyu died. So it's a very strange thing. It's by Yivayimashmini. All the special carboners have to be brought. It's a, it's a very special day. Mitzachemi, Aaron, and Allah Zerini Samar are Oninim. And an Oninim usually is restricted from eating carbonos 
and having uh, the, 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 regu- the regular participation in certain types of avodas. So what's supposed to happen? So what happened was, is that Hashem said the show was supposed to go on. It says specifically that was left over from the special mincha. Hashem gives a special that even though they were owning him, they were supposed to eat it. But then what happened? What happened in the story was that it was Rosh Chodesh. And they brought the Sari Rosh Chodesh regularly. And um, they did not eat the meat though. They did not eat the meat. So Moshe comes in and he sees that the meat is not eaten. And what does it say in the Pasuk? Moshe gets upset. He says, What's going on? Why didn't you eat the sour of, of Achatis? Now Moshe was mistaken. The reason was, the Xeris HaKosov that Hashem said that the Oninim should eat the Karbanos was only the Karbanos, which were the anomalous Karbanos of the Yom Hashmini. But the Karbanos, the regular Karban of Rosh Chodesh, Hashem's heter was not on that. So Aaron clarifies that to Moshe. And Moshe agrees that indeed the, 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 the Sar Rosh Chodesh was supposed to be burned. And then Moshe says, but by the way, you should be careful to eat the, um, the Shlomim, because the Shlomim was part of the, the special avodah of the Miluim, so the Hatter was there. So basically, the Hatter was on the special avodahs of the Miluim, it was not on this, the, the regular avodos, uh, the Karbanos that were regularly brought. So the Gemara just analyzes the Tzuvesis there, Tanar Abbanan, it says three times in Parsha Shmini Tzuvesi, Kichin Tzuvesi, Kasher Tzivisi, Kasher Tziva Hashem. So the Gemara goes through what each one is referencing. Kichin Tzuvesi, Ba'aninu Tzuchlu, the first one was Moshe emphasizing that, that all the Kohanim were supposed to eat the Mincha even though they were owning it. The special Mincha that was brought for the Miluim, they were supposed to eat despite the fact they were owning it. Kasher Tzivisi, Vishas Ma'isha, Amalahem. Then Moshe was talking about when he found the Chatas and he said, Why didn't you eat the Chatas? And he says, what are you talking about? Like the way you're supposed to eat it, kasher tzivisi, like I've been commanded. And again, Moshe had not been commanded to eat the chatas. This is the point where Moshe was making a mistake. Bishas Maisa, when he was assuming it should be eaten, that's when he said kasher tzivisi. Then he was corrected. And then he says, but by the way, even though I may have made a mistake about the chatas, kasher tzivashem below my omer. But in regard to the shlamim, this is, this is actually something I heard from Hashem. This is not me making a mistake, says Moshe. In regard to the shlamim, for sure you're still supposed to eat it because that was a karban that was unique and special to the Yibayom Hashmini. So therefore the heter of eating it, even though they were owning him, did in fact apply. Okay, so that's a, just a little tangent there for Yibayom Hashmini. Now we get back to the Miluim. Says the Gemara, Strange phenomenon. The, the, the pants that the, the Kohanim wear, for some reason, are not written black and white in the Psukim when they're talking about all the, all the begotten that the Kohanim wear. It doesn't mention the Mechnasayim. Then we have the Torah says by the Miluim, this is what you're supposed to do to give him a Kaddish as Kohanim. That's an extra thing with the Vizeh. What does it mean, Vizeh? It comes to include two other things the pants. And Nasir Se'efa. What does that mean? How do we include the pants in Nasir Se'efa? Because right before, in Parshat Tetzava, right before the Miluim, what did the Torah talk about? Big Day Kahuna. So these and this means not only what I'm going to tell you by the Miluim is it, is it important, but you have to do by the Miluim also what was said before. So the Torah is relying on the fact that you know what the Big Day Kahuna are. So it, even though it never mentions the pants, but we still know that for sure the Kohanim had to wear the pants during the, t- the days of the Miluim because we rely on that vav, vizet. That's the pants. And we're also saying the same thing for the Asira Se'efa. The Asira Se'efa is the special Minchas Chavitim. So we learned about this in Shkalim. The Minchas Chavitim has a dual purpose. Number one, what is the Minchas Chavitim? It's the daily Mincha the Kohen Gadol brings. It's almost like a carbon tummy. Every single day he brings a Minchas Chavitim. But as another purpose as well. On the day that a Kohen Gadol, or a Kohen for that matter, is doing the Avodah for the first time, when it's, he's becoming inaugurated, he brings a special carbon of the Asir Se'efa, the Minchas Chavitim. So if you look in the Miluim, the Torah doesn't 
emphasize that. So how do we know that that had to be done because the Kohanim were being inaugurated had to do Asir Seifa? We rely on the Vav. So this is what, whatever was said before as well applies here to the middle. And now the Gemara goes through it. I understand the Vav to include the pants because it was written right before. Right? Parshas Tetzave has two topics. Big Dekuna and then Miluim. So the Vit can, uh, connects them and we say that the pants apply to the Miluim as well. Where is the Vav bring me how does the Vav bring me the Asir Seifa? Where does the Torah write about the Minchas Chavitim? It, it, it hasn't been written yet in the Torah. It's actually written in Parshas Tzav, right? So if we're in Parshas Tzav and the Torah is saying the instructions and you're saying because it says the Vav, that tells me you need the Asir Seifa as well. That's a very difficult drasha. So the Gemara answers, you're right. It's not from the Vav. Asir Zezeh, that part is from the word Zeh. Because it says over here, and it says, So that's the Pasuk in Tzav, which talks about the Minchas Chavit. When a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen is becoming the Avoda, is doing the Avoda for the first time, so the din is that he's supposed to bring the inaugural, the inaugural kinds of Minchas Chavitim. So we're saying the Vizeh applies over here as well by the Milum. So the Gemara is just telling us, this is the point we're just learning, two things may have been left out of the instructions, but they were definitely there. The pants, which is from the Vav, and the Zeh, which introduces the Minchas Chavitim as well, was essential for the Kohanim uh, to become inaugurated. Okay. Now the Gemara adds one more thing, and this actually might be a hidden gem, like a Metzia Gedola. Because if we know, you know, we're so, so, it's so, such a part of our, our shul culture, Kriya Satayr. Where is there any sense of Kriya Satayr ever with Daraisa? Is there such a concept? Where do we know about Kriya Satayr? So we know like vague things, like Hashem will say, remember Amalek, and maybe we'll say like, remember Amalek has to be in the form of like a Kriya Satayr. But if you think about it, in the Psukim in the Torah, there's never really any discussion about a Kriya Satayr. There's never anything like take a Sefer Torah and with all the Kashras and read it. Never really mentioned. And this might be the Meshachachma is very into this. How this is the one source for the concept of Kriya Satora. Then we apply it differently. Moadim Shabbos, Monday, Thursday, later, Takanas. But the concept of a Kriya Satora, where does it come from? It comes from the next Gemara. How do I know that by the Miluim, not only did they do, but there was a din each day of the Miluim of a Mikra Parsha. That there was a din that they should read over the whole Parsha. What does it mean, that Hashem was mitzavah on the dibor? So the simple dover means like the matter, right? This regarding this topic. But the Gemara is very homiletical here. Zehadavar is like Bilashun Dibur. Hashem was mitzavah that you need a Dibur. I feel a Dibur ma'akid. Even speaking about it is ma'akid. So each and every day there was Mamasha Kriya Satayra. And they, you know, they would have a special Kriya Satayra about all the instructions of the Miluim. And this was done, I guess, each of, each of the seven days, I, I, I suppose. Maybe not. Maybe I made that up that it's each of the seven days. The Gemara just says, Mikra Parsha Ma'akim. I, I, don't, I don't know. Was it each of the seven days? One, I don't, I'm not sure exactly. But I'll compare them. The concept of the Kriya Satoya here comes from Zeh Adavar Shetziv Hashem that each day they were meant to read over the instructions. Okay. Zok the Gemara. We, one of the things that we mentioned that happened during the Miluim is that Moshe was like clothing Aaron Ubanov with the, with the Begad. And as we learned, there was Machloikas and maybe even be Ma'akim. So the Gemara says, Kate Zerobishan, how did he do it? So we'll see what exactly the Gemara wants to know. But first, the Gemara jumps on this question. What do you mean, how did he do it? Do you really care how it happened? Whatever happened, happened. So this is a very difficult discussion. Because, like, there's a very subtle line when we're learning things as what and caring about what happened. So here the Gemara takes the approach that if there's no practical nafkamina to me right now, 
why, why are you talking about this? The Miluim was a one-time inaugural thing that's irrelevant to my life now. There's, no, there's nothing, so it doesn't make a difference. Now, learning about the Avodas and the Beis HaMikdash, that doesn't bother us, even though we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. But talking about the Miluim, which is, the Gemara is, seems to be working right now as a one-time thing that's not going to apply again, then who cares? So the Gemara quickly says that that's a mistake. You think there's never going to be Miluim again? Miluim wasn't shot that it's Miluim only for the first time in the Mishkan. It's not true. Whenever there was Whenever there was a new inauguration, Shlomo Amel, for example, there was a special Miluim. The Gemara elsewhere says in the days of Ezra, there was a Miluim. So when we get the Beis HaMikdash back on the third Beis the third base of Mikdash is going to be Miluim. And every single detail in Parshas Tetzav and so on and so forth is going to become important again. So we do need to know how uh, Moshe was bringing, how Moshe clothed them. We need to know how it works. Okay, so the Gemara still doesn't like that. Because if all you want to know is the way it's going to be done when the base of Mikdash is going to be rebuilt, So if you're not sure what Moshe did, well, thank, thankfully, when, when, when do you need to know it? When the third base of Mikdash is going to be rebuilt. So then Moshe and Aaron are going to be around. So the Gemara is just being like persistent that we shouldn't really care to know the answer to this question at this point in our lives. What difference does it make how Moshe was Malmish? Well, you want to know what's, what you're going to do in the future when Moshe comes? He'll tell us. But still, it's very hard. What's, what's the pshat? To learn about Hochot Kachim, you don't say, oh, we'll figure it out when the, when, when the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. You have to know what to do. But to learn the Hochot Miluim, even though it's going to apply in the future, but it's, it's something that Moshe and Aaron will be able to tell us, then the Gemara is insistent that we don't have to know. Difficult concept. What's the difference? But that's what the Gemara is bothered by. Why do we need to know about it? Moshe and Aaron are going to tell us, are going to tell us what to do. So the Gemara says, You're right. We just want to know how to explain the Pesachim. Meaning, it's not that we want to know something It's that we want to understand what the Pesachim say. We're going to see that it seems to be there's a steer on the Pesachim about the way that it happened. And that's like a, a different level of learning. There's a level of learning, that's halacha, And there's a level of learning where it's just simply, I want to understand the problem in the Pesachim. And the Gemara now explains what the issue is. Once Moshe first dressed Aaron completely, and only after he dressed Aaron completely did he go to dress the sons. One says that he dressed Aaron and his sons at the same time. So what does that mean? The Gemara speaks out here. Regarding putting on the mitznefes and the, uh, the, the ksonis and the mitznefes, the shirt and the hat, Everybody agrees that Aaron sings went first and then only after his sons. Meaning Aaron was definitely mostly dressed, and the Gemara doesn't mention the pants, but Lachari, the pants were mentioned as well. Rashi struggles why the pants are not mentioned. But Uncle Bottom, everyone agrees that Aaron was mostly dressed ahead of all the other Kohanim. That's clear. How do we know that? Because look in Parsha Tetzave, look in Parsha Sav, it clearly says that Aaron was done before the. Uh, that Aaron was done completely before his sons. It's clear. All of the, all of the, the begadim of Aaron are supposed to go on to him before you go on to put the clothing on, 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 on his son. So what's the issue here? Kipligi ba'avne, what they're arguing about is the last begad to go on. The last begad is the avne, the belt. And the question is that we have actually a stira in the language of the psukim. Madam Aaron the one that says Moshe first dressed Aaron and then his sons. So what happened was he put all the begadim on Aaron, including the belt, before he had put on any beged on the sun. So meaning Aaron was fully clothed, including the Avne, before anyone else. Why, why would he say it? And he put, he girded him, Aaron, with the belt. So it sounds like the belt is going specifically in Aaron. So the same way the rest of the Begadim were only in Aaron, the language of the also is mashma, that it was Dafka Aaron with the belt. Then he went to the sons and put on the other clothes. So the order, according to this opinion, was all the Begadim on Aaron, the last step was the belt. Then he went to the sons and started doing with the shirt and the pants and the hat and the, and the belt. That's according to the first opinion. 
And only afterwards does he, is he girding them with the belt. They're put on at two different times. But according to the opinion that says that he put it on Aaron and his sons at the same time, the language of the Pasuk is, as you gird them, Aaronubanov. That's the Gemara leaves out the key words. It's very hard to understand the Gemara without the Hamshacha Pasuk. There's a Pasuk that says, Vachagarta Osam, Aaronubanov. It's Mashma that he's putting on the belt on Aaron and his sons at the same time. Now, what does it mean at the same time, right? You only have so many hands. What does it mean? What it means is that he would put all the Begadim on Aaron, except for the belt, then put all the clothes on his sons, except for the belt. So the only thing left on everybody is the belt. Then he'd go back to Aaron and put on the belt, and then put on his son's belt. That's the issue. It does he put every baggage on Aaron before he puts on any begadim on his sons. That's the first opinion. So the belt is on Aaron before the pants are on the son. Or does he do all of the begadim of Aaron minus the belt, then do all of the begadim of the sons minus the belt, then he goes back to Aaron and he does the belt on Aaron and then on the sons. That's the dispute here. And now the Gemara wants to know, okay, so we have a dispute, but how does the, each one deal with the, the source that the other Amanda Amr brought? Amanda, according to the opinion that it was done simultaneously, the belt. So what does he do with the first passage? The Torah puts it in separately, implying that they were not done at the same time. There was Aaron's, which was done at his time, and then the, the sons, which was done at their time. So how does this man deal with that passage? Really, they were done at the same time. Why does the Torah split them up separately? It splits them to teach you that the belts were separate. What does it mean the belts were separate? They were made of separate material. The Kohen Gadol's belt, the Gemara makes a point of saying that it was made out of Kelayim. The Kohen Gadol's belt was made specifically out of wool and linen. And the question is, what does the Kohen Hedyot wear? What does the Kohen Hedyot wear? According to this opinion, the Torah is going out of its way to say the belt separately, to say the Kohen Hedyot doesn't wear Kelayim. What does the Kohen Hedyot wear? Pure linen. So the Kohen, the, the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol wears Kelayim. The Kohen Hedyot, ah, the Torah says it's a separate Avne. Procedurally, it went on right when Aaron's went on. It was Aaron had all his clothing minus the belt, all the sons had their clothing minus the belt, then it was belt Aaron, belt of sons. But the belt is different. It's a different belt. Aaron's is Kalim with wool, and the sons are only with linen. Now the Gemara asks on the other view, according to the opinion that it was Aaron and then the sons which is mashma that it was they were all put on the belt at the same time. Really, they were put on separately. Why does the Torah imply that they're putting on together? Because it's coming to tell you that it was the same material. Just as Aaron's was Kilayim, so too the sons were Kilayim. And when the Torah is telling us that it's being done separately, what do you mean separately if it's the same type of belt? Must be that it's talking about the order. And the Gemara just clarifies. So what does it mean it was put on at the same time? Obviously, they're not put on at the same time. Most can't put on the belt at him and him and at two different people at the same time? The answer is, it means he did one belt to the other without interrupting in the middle. Meaning, the issue at hand isn't, wasn't literally in the same second. The issue is, did he clothe everything on Aaron, including the belt, before he put any clothing on the sons? That's the opinion, the one opinion. And the second opinion is saying, no, he put everything on Aaron minus the belt, all the other clothing on the sons minus the belt. Then he d- did the belt of Aaron and directly proceeded to put on the belt on the sons. And it's coming out of very interesting machlokas. According to the opinion that it was bevas achas, the, the, the belts were not the same material. And according to the opinions that it, w- that, 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 that it was, that it was not bevas achas, the belts were made of the same material. And we walk out with the machlokas if the avnate of the Kohen Hedyot was made of kilayim or made of pure linen.